Hi, this is David Flower, Senior Pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to GranthamChurch.org and clicking on the Giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. We are Phil and Elaine Tuma. I'm Elaine. He's Phil. <laughs> um, a couple of our favorite and most meaningful and helpful verses through many years has been Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I forgot to put my glasses on. Um... These verses, like I said, have been the guideline for, or the hallmark of our lives. And along the way, God has closed some doors and he has opened others, but always, eventually, he has made the way clear for us. We are thankful for God's faithfulness down through the years. We are also thankful that we are now part of the Grantham congregation. A few years ago, when I was diagnosed with a muscle disease, Um, which led to some mobility problems, we needed to find a church home that was more accessible. The first Sunday we came to Grantham, not only was the building very accessible and easy for me to get into, and by the way, I need to thank all those wonderful people who stand at the door in all kinds of weather and help us out of the car, into the building. I mean, not just me, but everybody. Thank you very much. That's a very welcoming, (laughs) a very welcoming and kind thing to do. Um, The first Sunday, as I said, not only was it a very accessible uh, facility, but uh, we loved and were inspired by the music. And it's not just that Sunday, it's Sunday after Sunday. And also Pastor David's sermon that Sunday was being a third-way church. And I don't often remember sermon titles, but <laughs> that, was, that, that really hooked us. Um, we didn't really want to especially be part of a big church. We're kind of small church people. Um, but we were so moved and impressed by um, just everything about Grantham. It's sort of is a big church with a small church feel. <laughs> And I mean that as a compliment. Um, Anyway, we decided this was going to be our home church. And after, not long after that, um, we met our deacons, Roger and Joanne, who have been wonderful. And they've been in touch with us often, either here or um, they keep in touch with us even when we're in Zambia, which Phil will talk more about that. We joined a small group, which they welcomed us warmly, and it was really nice to connect more deeply into the Grantham family. 
Uh, we'll miss them. Uh, when there was some reorganizing this spring, we decided with our travels we should probably step out of that for now. But we do miss them, and we hope to be part of a small group when, when our traveling is finished. Um, that sounds rather final. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Um, so we're thankful to God for leading us here, and thank you, Grantham, for welcoming us. So, As you've heard from Elaine, we do indeed have much to be grateful for during this Thanksgiving season. Looking back over a life together of more than 48 years now, uh, there have been far too many times of God at work in our lives uh, to be able to give examples in the short time we have here this morning. Otherwise, we'd be here all day. Uh, however, as Elaine said, we've never doubted that God was at work in our lives, uh, even though there were times that we really weren't sure what was happening next. Things aren't always all that clear. Um, I think many of you probably had experiences that when you're in the middle of problems or difficult times, it's often not easy to understand what God's trying to teach you. Uh, the advantage of getting old is you can look back, uh, and then you understand better what God was, what He had in mind at the time. There's a few people in this congregation who've known me since I was in college at Messiah, and I can tell you they would probably affirm this, that I never expected to be even become a pediatrician, let alone a research scientist working in rural Africa. But God opened those doors, and we stepped through them. Some of you are aware that we spend more than six months of each year in Zambia, and that's why some of you don't see us here all the time. Uh, I work at a research institute that we founded at and is still associated with Macha Mission Hospital, which is the Brother in Christ uh, mission that was established in southern Zambia back in the 1900s, early 1900s. So there's a long history of God at work uh, through the Brother in Christ Church in that community with quite a few books written and stories told by many missionaries over the years. Since we're away for at least half of the year in Zambia, we were part of the Macha Brother in Christ Church, talking about how God has worked in our lives specifically through the Grantham Church is a bit difficult since we're actually impacted by things going on all over the world. For me, probably one of the most satisfying things that I've been fortunate to witness this past year and be part of, because I've been doing malaria research for the last 30 years, is seeing malaria go from a disease that used to uh, result in more than 1,000 hospital admissions at Matcha every year. In fact, it was the leading cause of hospital admissions and the leading cause of death. Some years, there were more than 100 children would die from malaria. But this past year, uh, we've experienced uh, a really big, remarkable goal. We went for a 12-month period with not a single death from malaria at Matcha Hospital. Uh, the total admitted cases in 2018 was only 20. Malaria isn't gone, but it's gone down by more than 99%. And so be able to... To, to witness that and be part of that is something that we are very, very truly thankful for. Elaine read to you at the beginning what the writer of Proverbs said, and I'd like to read it again, but from the message. 
trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. when Pastor Dave asked me if I would do this for two reasons. The first one's probably going to be a shock to some of you, but I like to talk. <laughs> and my favorite thing to talk about is what Jesus has done in my life. And so this is a great honor for me. Thank you. I've been coming to Grantham for about 10 years. Um, I actually, the story of how I got here is a miracle in itself. I don't have time to get into it, but I will tell you, I was literally lost, and when I was found, it was out in underneath the carport out front. And when I pulled under that carport after a year of prayer, I knew I was home when I reached Grantham Church. I sat out there for about 20 minutes and just wept because I knew that God had answered a prayer that I had been faithful to praying for over a year. My husband's not here with me today, but many of you know Dwayne Johnson. You can call him Pebble. He does like that. He's not the big rock, Dwayne Johnson, so you, you're welcome to call him Pebble. That's fine. Um, he's actually running his first 5K this morning with Paige, our daughter. That's where they're at this morning, so that's why he's not here. And anything that I share about him, um, I do have his permission. And I also want to say that anytime we share our story, anything that I share, please know that the people involved in this have been forgiven in some of the stuff that I talk about. And so there's no condemnation, only rejoicing and redemption in my story. So um, my husband uh, began uh, to get high at the age of nine years old. His childhood was full of nothing but rage and violence. He will tell you when you talk to Duane that he does not have any happy childhood memories. He doesn't remember a Christmas. He doesn't remember a birthday party. Um, it was all, his father was a raging alcoholic, um, and his stepfather then, uh, several years later, was also an alcoholic uh, who used to physically abuse Duane and his mother as well. By the time Duane was 12, he was a full-blown meth and coke addict. He was 12 years old the first time he went to his rehab. At 14 years old, he became a drug enforcer. And let me tell you, there was a lot of darkness in that. So when Duane shares his story, he will tell you he had to learn how to shut off emotion. You cannot do that job and have feeling. So for the rest of his walk, up until he found Jesus, he walked around as what he describes as a dark, empty soul. I was raised in a church. We attended church, is how I will put it. I received Jesus as my Savior at six years old, was baptized at seven, but I didn't really know Jesus until I was 32. And so at 13 years old, my mother left, and she became a drug addict and an alcoholic. So my teenage years into my adult years were spent with the, with the chaos and conflict of what that looked like for me. There's a lot of darkness there. There's a lot of stuff that was really painful and hurtful, um, but God has restored all of that. And so if you fast forward, I met Duane when I was 32, and he was an addict, and I was a young lady starving for love. 
and you put the two together, and it was complete chaos. And when I tell you chaos, I mean, we were running, hiding from our landlords because we didn't have the rent. We would skip out before eviction would come. There was nothing unusual about coming home and our lights being turned off because we didn't pay the bill. But yet, we were both working two full-time jobs, and we couldn't make it meet because our life was so chaotic. And I remember the day that Dwayne had left. I didn't know where he was going. Our daughter, Peyton, was about two years old. And I was sitting in the middle of my living room, and I remember going to the corner, and I just balled up into the fetal position, and I cried out, Jesus, Jesus, if any of what I've heard about you is true, I need you now. And he came. And the next morning when I woke up, something was different. I used to tell my story and say, I, I wish I could say that everything was great. I don't wish that in, anymore. It didn't happen instantly. But I had a little bit of hope. And that's what began to change within me. And so this season, what I'm thankful for is the journey. Because in that journey, in some of the most difficult times of my life, is where I experienced the presence of Jesus. And so as we, as we um, began to move forward, after this experience, I mentioned earlier that I spent a year in prayer for Grantham Church, to, to, for my church, for my home church. And so when I found this church, um, my, Peyton and I began attending, and we began attending for two years without Duane. He was still struggling with addiction and a non-believer. And as I remember walking through the front doors and Homer Crable, every Sunday would ask Peyton, did you lose another tooth, Peyton? And he always had a quarter. And then I met Chrissy Hoffner. She was my first friend outside of these walls. And she began to invite me to Bible study. And I had a Christian friend that I could share my stuff with. You know, the junk that I could be vulnerable with. And there was no judgment. And sometimes I would call her. I remember the one conversation. I called her up and I said, Chrissy, that's it. I'm getting a divorce. And she said, okay, can we go have coffee first? <laughs> and so we went for coffee and we spent that time talking about Jesus. And obviously I didn't get the, the divorce. So Chrissy did a really good job that day. And then there were a few other women. We had... Um, Sandra Jameson, who would every week ask me about Dwayne and assured me that she was in prayer for our family. We also had um, Avis Broombaugh, who would come around me and ask me about prayer and ask me how Dwayne was. And we would pray together for two years. And then it happened. One weekend, Dwayne went away and he was going away on a, dr a drug binge. He called me Sunday morning and he said, will you please come get me? And I did. And on the way home, and I won't tell the whole story, but on the way home, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And he was delivered of his addictions instantly. He had been an addict since he was 12 years old. And praise God, he's been in active recovery for eight years. Thank you. He went home that evening, he dumped all the drugs, even his cigarettes, and has never looked back. The next week, he started to attend church here. And I remember we get out by where the office sign is, by the office store, and he stopped and he began to shake 
and he was sweating. And I said, babe, what's wrong? And he said, Jules, I can't go in there. I said, why can't you go in there? Well, church is for good people. God knew what he needed, though, because the minute he walked through that door, Miss Avis was standing there. When Dwayne tells his story, he'll tell you how that hug meant so much to him. Because my husband's also biracial, so he deals with that as well. And he said, Stu, when he tells the story, he'll tell you. He's used to little white women walking to the other side of the street when he comes. Or hearing them lock their doors when they see him, him come in. Or switching their purses to the other side of their shoulders. For, so for this little older woman to, and I mean, she gripped Dwayne up. And she began to cry, and she's like, brother, we're so glad you're here. We've been praying for you. And that was eight years ago. And so my message today, guys, embrace the journey. I don't care what it is that you're sitting with today. And you can sit here and you can say to me, but Julia, you don't know what I'm struggling with. I don't care if it's a pornography addiction. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's adultery. I don't care if you're stealing. I'm telling you, you leave it at the foot of the cross and Jesus will redeem it. At 18 years old, and this is huge for me because I have not spoken this, I had an abortion at 18 years old and I carried that pain and the shame of that most of my life. And let me tell you what my God did with that. Not only did he forgive me, but then he turns around and he blesses me with five beautiful, healthy children. And then further along my journey, he says, oh, baby girl, I'm not done yet. I got something else for you. Then he puts me at the lead of this ministry that I get to be a mom a spiritual mom to so many who need one. So again, I'm telling you, if God can restore and redeem the mess that we made of our lives, not only can he do it for you, he wants to do it for you. And so that's my prayer for Grantham Church. Leave it at the cross. And so the next two people that are going to be coming up after we sing are two of the women that came into my life and that I'm now able to be a spiritual mom to, and they will be coming up after the next song. Thank you, Grantham Church. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bobby Haar. I started coming to Grantham Church a year ago when a few of my friends told me that there was a van coming to pick me up for church. That's when I met Mr. Duane and Mama Jay, which is Julia. I'm grateful that God woke me up today so I could be here with all of you and my church friends. I'm thankful for that. Mr. Duane and Mama Jay could still pick me up every week. They helped me guide, they helped guide me to be a better person and make better choices by teaching me more about Jesus. I am more faithful and hopeful because I started understanding how much Jesus loves me, that he's with me, and I can do anything. 
and thank you for our ladies' Bible study and when Miss Val and Mama J taught us Philippines 4 13, I can do all through Christ who gave me the strength. It reminds me that because of Jesus, I can continue to remain in my recovery. I've been sober for almost two years. Amen. Praise God. And I found people here that love me and do not judge me. Why, I enjoy coming here. I'm also very thankful for my mom and those who support me. Thank you. And also, I want to thank Pastor David and his wife for accepting me in their home. Thank you. Hi, my name is John Petroli, and I have been coming to church here for one year. I started coming because Miss Julia invited me and told me she would come pick me up. Now, Mr. Dwayne comes to get me every week. I'm thankful for them because they make me feel like family. I call them my stepmom and dad because they love me like I'm their daughter. When I do good, they are proud of me, and they tell me, good job. It makes me feel like I am glad I have a church family and a place that I can come to learn about Jesus with my friends. Miss Bethany and Miss Kathy are teaching me to read better, which is helping in my Bible classes with Miss Val and Julia. Miss Val and Jen are so nice because they are always helping me with math. I like math class and sometimes we get special treats like brownies. <laughs> I'm so very thankful for that, for that. My oldest daughter and I have been talking, and I love that. Thank you. Last story of this morning. I'm inviting Sylvester Gay to come come down here, and I'm going to interview him. Sylvester, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Have a seat here. Take that, Sylvester. You are here in the United States as a refugee. Is that right? Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, thanks very much. Good morning, Josh. <laughs> I want to give my stories today. Standing before you, my name is Sylvester Gay. I'm a Liberian from West Africa. Yes. You were born the same year I was. I was born... 1981. 1981. Yeah. In Liberia. March the 20th in Liberia. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit. You said you're from Liberia. Um, what, were, what are the conditions there growing up? Uh, well... The conditions in Liberia are very hard. Mm -hmm. I left my country, Liberia, when I was a little boy. Mm -hmm. And I know how I left my country. Yeah. I didn't leave my country with peace, yeah. but I left my country with tears. Yeah. I left my country with frustrations. I left my country with nothing. Mm. Even left your family behind. Yes, I only left with my family, my dad and my mom and my brothers and my sisters. 
you left in 1990, is that right? Due to political violence in Liberia? Yes, I left my country in 1990. Yeah. Well, I flew from my regional countries to Africa yeah. as a Liberian refugee in another land with a French-speaking country. I knew a little bit about that. Hank Johnson, the pastor at Harrisburg Brethren in Christ, his family had left yeah. around that same time. So you left in 1990, and, and you told me you had been exiled to the Ivory Coast. Tell us about that. Uh, well, when I left my country, Liberia, is in 1990. Mm -hmm. We was in my town as a little town, but it was around 2 o'clock in the night, in the morning hours. Well, uh, the rebel forces attacked my town. Because the person who was in power at that time in Liberia, he was the crime man. Which is President Doe, Samuel Doe. Okay. He was a crown. So all the 16 tribes of Liberia go against only one tribe, which is the crown and the groups. Yeah. Because of Doe. Because of political issue, political affair, power, grief, brought war into my countries. Yeah. Enter in my village in the morning hour around 2 o'clock where everybody was sleeping. Everybody was in bed. Rebel enters in my village with heavy firing. Did a lot of massacre in my town, including my own grandparents, yeah. my uncles, some nephews, some relatives, some friends. Destroyed life and properties. We would escape with my mom. Because when they enter in our town, when they start firing, the only thing my dad could do it was to break our door to escape. Yeah. But unfortunately, my dad was arrested by Charleston rebel, mm -hmm. torturing, mm -hmm. damaging eyes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't enjoy my dad the way I supposed to enjoy him was our little boy. I went through tears and frustrations. Mm -hmm. He was arrested. The only thing my dad could tell my mom is, go with the kicks. Leave me alone. Let them kill me. Yeah. Because those guys that did the thing is the friends of my dad. Work together, eat together. But because of political classes, political effect, and power grief, mm -hmm. they tortured my dad and damaged his eyes. Yeah. He couldn't no longer see the gain in his life. Where, where is your dad today? Person is, I left my dad in Ivory Coast. Yeah. In the Ivory Coast? Yes. Yeah. And you, you were in a UN refugee camp there. How long? When we left from Liberia in 1990, we went in Africa. We were there. A UN builder comes, who was in the camps from 1990 and to up to 2002. 2002, you were there. Yes, wow. we was in the camps. Yeah. So, so what happened in 2002? Where did you go from there? 2002, I left my dad in Africa because we got the information that my aunt, my aunt Orita, who is here today, was died in the war. So later we got the information that she is not dead. She is in Guinea. Okay, yeah, your aunt was in Guinea. Yes. 
And so you left for Guinea. So my dad told me to leave from Arikos to Guinea and go and form my aunt. Okay. It is how I left from my Arikos with my dad in 2002 yeah. in the month of September. I left my dad in 2002. Okay. I came to Guinea. Okay. And your mother too? You left her back? Yes, in my Africa. mother and my dad all I left okay. in Arikos. And so you worked there a little while in Guinea? And uh, you told me you were in a car accident there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. My life, my personal life, I went through things. Mm-hmm. I went through suffering, hardships, yeah. tears, frustration in my life. Mm-hmm. From my dad and to myself personally, mm-hmm. when I came to gaining to my aunt. When I met my aunt, conditions were very hard with my aunt. Mm-hmm. So I began to work as a construction, doing construction, building constructions yeah. with friends. Tried to help my aunt. 2003, I and my friends were on a bike going to work. We call we involved in vehicles accidents in Guinea. Yeah, and you lost your thumb. And uh, when we got into the accident, mm-hmm. when they took me to the hospital, the doctor told me that my hands, my fingers were damaged. It's hard I lose my tongues in Guinea concrete, 2003, when I fall in vehicles accidents. Mm-hmm. Yes. You waited 27 years for documentation to come to the United States. Is that right? Yes, we've been waiting for so many years. Yeah. Almost 27 years yeah. to get to the United States. And you came to the U.S. in March of this year. Yes, of this year. With your, with your aunt from Guinea. Yes. From and, and some cousins. Yes. Uh, we came in 2019 in March. We came in the U.S. But before that, we went through process. Before coming yesterday, we went through a lot of process because it was not so easy to come in the U.S. We've been waiting. We waited for 27 good years mm-hmm. to get to the U.S. Mm-hmm. It was not easy. But in 2016, they sent a special group, what they call OPE, to go and interview us. Okay. We were on the interview in 2016. At the same time, U.S. were hosting presidential elections in 2016. And when we got through with OPE in 2016, we got stuck. All activities were ceased. Until 2017, up to 2018, before we meet immigration. So they finally went through, and a caseworker, you said, brought you to Mechanicsburg. Yes. So how did you come to learn of Grantham Church? Oh, thank you very much. I came to Greenwich Church by the friends, Art Brooks and your wife. Art and Donna Burke? Yes. Yep. He made a good friends to me. He's a good guy. Now, you, to- you told me when you met Art, what, what was it that you oh. said? <laughs> you said you knew what? Yes, when I met him, he asked me, he said, oh, Sylvester, did you want to go to church? I said, yes. <laughs> he said, oh. I said, yes. You sure? I said, I'm sure. He said, are you waiting? I said, I'm waiting. I'm ready. He said, okay, I will come and pick you up to church. But before coming, he called me. 
He said, Sylvester, I'm on my way coming. I could come to the church. I said, yes. I'm willing. I'm a Christian. Because <laughs> I was a little boy when I began to go to church with my dad and my mom. So I got used to that. Yeah. You, so, you had been baptized in Guinea. Yes, I'm baptized right. in Guinea in 2009. Mm. I received Jesus. Awesome. Yes. That's my Lord and personal Savior. How did you know you could trust art? Oh. oh. <laughs> I trust him so much. I trust him so much. And I trust him with my whole life. Yes, because I believe in him. I trust him. He's a good guy. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. You, you had told me when we were talking earlier this week, you, uh, in talking with Art, you said you knew he was a good man. Yes, I knew that he's a good man. Because when I saw him in appearance, yeah. I knew that he's a good man. Yeah. I hear you have a new job. Where are you working? Oh, good, great. Masai Village is a place to work. Masai Village? It's a place to work. It's the place to work. It's a place to work. <laughs> yes. I'm saying the truth. It's a place to work. It's a good place to because work. Because they make you feel fine. They make you feel happy. Yeah. When you are traumatized, when you are frustrated, they make you to be someone. Yeah. And, and they did. That's great. So I love my job, and I love the peoples, That's great. and also... That's great. Yes. Sylvester, what, what are your hopes and dreams for your family that are still back in West Africa? Uh, well, I'm asking God and, uh, and the peoples of the church, mm. including even you, mm -hmm. to help me where there's the possibilities yeah. exists to get my dad and my mom out of Africa. Yeah. I would be so happy. You've had a hard life. Yes. And you're thankful. I'm thankful. I'm very tell thankful. Tell us what you're Great. thankful I'm, for. I'm so grateful. Yeah, tell us what you're thankful for. Okay, because why? God has given me a life. I went through things. I went through pain. But today, he makes me to be fine. He's a great God. He's a good God. Mm. I was in tears yesterday, but today he makes me smile. I was crying yesterday, but today it makes me to feel fine. <laughs> so he's a great God. Yeah. I love him. He's a man that changes things with second, with meaning. He do. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask people before he bless you. He blessed when he want to bless. He didn't consult you before bless. He's a God that bless when he wants to bless. Yeah. So he's so grateful to me. I'm so grateful to him. So. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Would you give Sylvester a hand this morning? I want to say the last word. Yes. I want to say thanks. Would you join me in prayer, Grantham Church? Father, we are so thankful. We've heard just a little bit this morning of how good you are to us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to lift up this morning our world. And Father, we, we are thankful for the rain that we received this morning. But we know, Lord, that there are folks living in drought in various parts of the world like Zimbabwe. And we pray, God, for rain we pray for the families that are affected by this, by this drought. Lord, in other places that are affected by climate change in the world, we pray for Nigeria, Ethiopia, Yemen, Haiti, and the likes. God, for political instability around the world that leads to violence in places like Hong Kong 
in cities in Mexico, Brazil, Venezuela, Honduras, Colombia, El Salvador, and West Africa. God, for those living in war zones like Syria and Ukraine. God, for refugees and those seeking to escape violence for a better life, we pray for deliverance. God, for those children that have been separated from their parents at the border, we pray for healing and for reunification. God, in our own country, we pray for immigrants, for those who are unemployed, for those without health care, for those who live in poverty. God, we pray against the forces of racism and greed and gluttony, against apathy and indifference. God, help us to repent of our sins. Bring healing and unity to this country. Raise up your church to be the difference this country needs to see. For the persecuted church and our missionaries around the world, we pray, God, for resources, for provision, for protection, for empowerment. For Grantham Church, we ask, God, that you would bless the work that we are doing, that we can continue to expand our influence in our community. And God, we continue to pray for Rick Donovan, for Pam Garland, for those that are battling cancer, for Jeannie Johnson, Gary Lebo, Laverne Cyber. God, for those who came into the service this morning struggling with depression or illness, be it physical or spiritual or mental, Lord, we pray for your healing. And we pray, God, as we have reflected together on your goodness and the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us, that you would grant us your peace. We do this all for the coming kingdom, Lord, just as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.